Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Anne, friend and chavruta Yardena Azband. Moadim lisimcha. It's Cholamoid Pesach, and we are on Masachat Shabbat Daf Lamed Zayin thirty-seven. Now, the discussion here. We began it yesterday. We, you know, the introduction to the discussion of heat, heating food, leaving food on the on the fire, returning food to the fire. The discussion about cooking on Shabbat is extensive and intricate, and we're going to talk about it, you know, in brief. So I'm actually going to jump to the very end of our daf today, where Rav Nachman takes a position on something that has been dis- discussed previously on the daf. Previously on the daf, the discussion has been mutar, that it is a permitted thing to do. He's going to say asur, it is not allowed. Amar Rav Nachman, mitztamek v'yafelo asur. If you have food that you have left on the flame, and that food shrivels and it improves when it is left on the stove, meaning it, it does your food good to be cooked for longer. It's beneficial, asur. He says that is not permitted. Mr. mutar. If it, if it um, shrivels and deteriorates, right? It's not as good. Then he says that would be permitted. Klala de milta, cold ipe mecha, he says, here's the principle. If you have a food and it has flour in it, seems appropriate during Pesach, right? If you have a food that has flour in it and it shrivels and it, then it will deteriorate, deteriorate. But a food that has lifta, which is termit, turnips, right? Then even if it has flour, it will shrivel and it will improve. Okay, meaning I'm not exactly sure of their cooking recipes or their, you know, how, how this is coming out, but he's very clear on the details here. And the concept is certainly applicable, right? We can understand that there are some things that if you leave on the flame longer, it will actually prove beneficial to the food. I can think of, I don't know, potato kugel or chicken soup, right? Some of these things, onion soup, when you leave them on longer, they actually, you know, improve. Uh, the flavor gets more intense. Okay, so, and then the Gemara continues, But if there's meat in your dish, then that that's going to be that same principle of the improving being a, being a problem and not improving, deteriorating, being, um, being acceptable. Okay, but if there is meat in it, um, wait, let me just make sure that I've got the place right. Then the implication is that if there's meat in it, then inherently it's going to be it's going to be negative for the meat. But if there's meat in it and it shrivels and it improves and you don't need it for guests, then that would be a problem. But if you need it for guests and it shrivels and it deteriorates, because right? you don't want to serve your guests overcooked food because it's not going to look nice or whatever, then it's still, it's still going to be a problem, right? But if you plan it, for, right, this is the, the language of the Gemara, if you, if you plan it for your guests, then when it shrivels, it is considered bad for it. And other, and here's another recipe, right? If you have food that is made of lafta, which is figs, or you've got some kind of porridge or dates, and that's going to shrivel and deteriorate, all of this is going to be considered acceptable because it's negative and therefore it's not what you want. And therefore the fact that the heat is 
contributing to the deterioration of the food is not a problem because it's not cooking that you want. And the moment that you don't want it, that already removes it from the categories of malacha, the, the full-fledged activity of malacha, where it is beneficial to you to do this act, right? The leaving your food on the flame might leave it warm, hot for eating, but it's not actually going to make it tastier, then it's not considered such a problem. I found this concept of mistamek viafelo to be very interesting. With our studies so far of the malachot, uh, any of the prohibited labors or actions are never what they seem, right? Like carrying was not simply carrying. It involved different concepts of space, time, how the action is completed, right? Like does it have to be carried and then placed? Even lighting, right? Lighting fire, different types of wicks, how they're used. Does something give off a bad odor? Does something give off too much smoke? And here, I think we have a new concept that's been introduced to us about cooking, right? When we first started talking about this at the beginning, we had introduced that concept of what is like just enough for something to be cooked. And we said it was like Achila Leben Dorsai, right? That there was this robber. And, you know, just enough cooked that somebody whose life is on the run, enough cooked that they would be happy eating it. And now we have a different concept here, right, of mistamek via fellow, right, that you, you cook it, you overcook it in a way, and it actually becomes better because you overcooked it. And that can also affect what could be considered bishol, what could be considered cooking um, on Shabbos. So this actually reminded me of something that recently happened to me. I was cooking a meal for somebody who just had a baby. I got to work and I was literally at work for like an hour and a half. And I realized I had left an entire tray of cauliflower in my oven. So besides the fire hazard problems of this, um, I luckily do not, you know, I work, my office is pretty close to my house. And I went back and sure enough, my colleague who was working with me, she's like, oh, but that's like the kind of thing. It actually gets better when it's in the oven for too long. And so when I read this, I thought about this. This really just happened like six weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what Mistamek Biafelo is. I could have cooked it for an hour, right? But the fact that it ended up being cooked for three hours, it was like this nice, crispy, good cauliflower. I think we all know what those types of foods are. So, you know, again, I think this shows sort of the innovation of the Gemara here that none of these malachot are exactly as they seem. We started off from a place of what's the bare minimum needed for cooking. And then we end up in a place here, at least on this stuff, of where we cook more than even maybe what we started out wanting to cook, but we know that it adds value to the food. Um, I wanted to just read also, I think there's another important piece to this as well, which I think also has to do with all of Hilcha Shabbos and particularly with cooking, uh, where the concept is actually introduced in the middle of Amud Bet. The Gemara reads as follows. Amar Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. So Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Remember, Rabbi Yochanan is a first-generation Amor living in Eretz Yisrael. Kira shehisuka begefedu beitzim mishahina lehad tavshil shebishel koltzercho. Right? So if you have a stove that was lit with this pomance or with wood on Arab Shabbat, you can leave a cooked dish on it that was already, now, you know, koltzercho, that was cooked enough. Right? And water that was heated already, that was completely heated. Even if it like shrivels up and it gets better. So in other words, here he's saying you can leave it on even if though that prolonged cooking, that prolonged leaving it over 
this uh, over the gefet and the etzim is actually going to make it taste better. Amar le, so he says, right? Haklu mid Rabbanan l'Rav Shmuel l'Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda. Ha Rav Shmuel de Amrei Chavayo mitzabek biyafelo asar. So one of the sages actually says back to Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda. He says, but didn't Rav and Shmuel, who remember our Amoraim of Bavel, right, say that no, if it's mitzabek biyafelo, it's asar. You're not allowed to heat up food or continue to have food be on a fire if it shrivels up and it tastes better. Amarle, um, he replies to him, right, Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda, Atule anayada, Amar Rav Yosef, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Mitztamek v'yafelo asur, Ki kamane lach l'Rav Yochanan kamane. So he says back to him, is that to say that I don't know that Rav Yosef said, that Rav Yehuda said, that Shmuel said that if, that if uh, food shrivels up and improves, that we would be usser. What I said to you, right, that it's permitted, I said to you in accordance to the opinions of Rabbi Yochanan. So what he's acknowledging here is that there's actually a difference of opinion here. Rabbi and Shmuel say one thing. Rabbi Yochanan says another thing. Rabbi Yochanan says this is okay to do, right, Mistamik uh, Biafelo, and Rabbi and Shmuel say no. And then he says, Amar le Rav Ufa, Mishmein le Rav Ashi, Atun demikrat vitu le Rav Ushmuel, Avidu karav Ushmuel. So then now it quotes Rav Ukva uh, from Mishan says to Rav Ashi, you who live near where Rav and Shmuel live, right? Right. You're going to do according to Rav and Shmuel. In other words, the halacha and Babel was actually different near where Rav and Shmuel live. But I'm going to do in accordance to Rav Yochanan. The implication being that somehow his misor, his tradition of what he did was closer to Rav Yochanan. So I think we see another concept here, which is interesting, which is acknowledging that different places actually did develop different understandings of some of these laws, and therefore they did do different things. So again, I know I always talk about being from Boston. There are particular ways that I know that some people in Boston heat up certain foods on Shabbat that are different than the ways other people do based on some of the understanding of Bishal according to Rav Salavajan. And therefore, I think today it's interesting to see because now there's so much movement between communities and people often don't end up living, you know, where they sort of grew up, um, that you can really live in a place where you will see different ways of people of how they either reheat food or how they leave food on uh, before Shabbat. And all of them may be correct. It might just have to do with where the person actually grew up and how they learned to, you know, heat their food on Shabbat. So again, I think two different, two important concepts here. The first being that as opposed to where at the beginning we talked about, you know, cooking it just enough and now having a concept of, um, you know, that you can cook something more, and it actually improves the food. And the last that we see that there is a geography to all of this as well, that we acknowledge that one Amora could have said one thing, one Amora could have said something else, and it may be contingent on place. I want to add one more um, important concept I think that comes up here, which is the specifics of the food, right? Because if you're talking about a tavshil, meaning a cooked item, right, where the food itself we're talking about is it does it have turnips, does it have meat, whatever, or is it water? And the question of water being a liquid and just water, meaning have you boiled your water? And this becomes a very interesting halachic problem nowadays, or again, it aligns with the difference of locale because we know that Sephardim have a different sack for heating up water, liquids in general, or reheating liquids as compared to Ashkenazim. So 
this difference of locale, you know, is more is applies also to the differences in foods. Um, you know, the same question of what counts as being fully cooked? Is it cooked just enough, like machal bandrosai? Is it cooked, you know, the regular amount, whatever that might be on average? What if you like your food well done? Is that only, if you prefer your food well done, is that only, is that only considered now it's sufficiently cooked? Or is it, is it considered mid-stomach via fellow, right? And now I'm not, I'm not answering this question, right? But the, the phenomenon of the nature of the food, both its content and a person's individual preference to, the na- to how it should be cooked, you know, all of these things come into play when we're talking about, um, are you engaging in bishul? Are you avoiding bishul, right, in, in this Shabbos area? I think the subjective piece is very interesting. Like, I personally like my steaks well done. I've learned to like the medium because nobody wants to serve you a well-done steak in a restaurant, but that, <laughs> but that's subjective. Like for me, yeah, you can overcook it. But then mid-stomach viafalo right, would be good exactly. for you. Whereas I would not prefer my steak well done. And now I think it's been, you know, destroyed, not destroyed, deteriorated. deteriorated and maybe that's permitted. Right. And yours is not as good. Right. It's, it's, it's an interesting question. Much. And, you know, it ends up meaning the implication is that there's a diversity in application per household, let's say, or per, you know, per meal, depending, per recipe, depending. And that is already, you know, kind of startling in the context of halacha, where we understand that for the most part, there's a streamlining to make sure that the people are towing the line. And here, where that line is, seems to be a little bit moving, you know, contingent on each person or family or food or Locale yeah, or it's a great insight, right? So locale, subjectivity, all things that make cooking itself very nuanced, which I think makes sense with cooking because cooking is very individual, and you know there's a lot of personal tastes involved. So with that, we'll conclude. That's our dot for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. If you're listening to this early, hopefully be meeting up with you over Zoom at 10 a.m. on the Northeast, 5 p.m. Uh, in- and until tomorrow's death, go and learn.